everybody, I'm Martin Calvert, I'm the Marketing Director here at ICS Digital and ICS Translate. Welcome to the Everything Digital podcast. Today, I'm joined by Barry Enderwick of Sandwiches of History. Um, he's a notable, uh, I guess, influencer could be the term, I don't know, entertainer, media uh, icon, I don't know. But um, we'll kind of come on to that in a little bit. And I'm sure we'll be talking about all manner of topics related to TikTok, social media, but also marketing more generally. So yeah, Barry, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, chat all things uh, marketing and social media and sandwiches, of course. Yeah, so I thought this would be a good little opportunity um, for people to hear a bit more from you because a lot of people will know you from TikTok and your, your videos uh, about multiple food products uh, and all that kind of thing. But your career also is in marketing and communication and all this type of stuff as well. So we might have some areas to, to talk about there also. Yeah, my my career path has been not linear. Um, start off life professionally as a graphic designer. Um, and then I got hired at Netflix in 2001 in the marketing department as a graphic designer, but the, was there for 11 years. And it was like going to one of the best business schools I could have ever have gone to. And I got paid to do it. Um, and it was there that I learned about customer acquisition, conversion, uh, just everything to do with marketing. Um, and then social media was something that came after I left Netflix because when I was at Netflix the last couple of years, I was part of international market exploration and we were a publicly traded company. So I couldn't be, you know, tweeting out, Hey, I'm in Japan because that's material, non-public information that would violate, uh, that, would, that should probably get me fired. Um, so I had no social media experience when I left Netflix in 2012 and, uh, now I've got a, a good amount. I'd a say. reasonable amount. But I mean, I think yeah. to the particular point of the non-linear career, I mean, especially these days, it is kind of weird to try and project like what a career even might be because I mean, yeah. I don't want to um, make it uh, refer to your age or anything here, Barry. I don't want to be rude, but I mean, I don't think yeah. when you're at high school, uh, TikTok was a career option or a pastime option. The, the internet didn't exist. Like <laughs> the concept of the internet didn't exist uh, when I was in high school. So yeah, it's for me, uh, I've always been curious I'm always learning. I love to learn new things. I love to try new things. Um, and that has served me quite well, um, knock on wood, uh, so far. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 54. I'm still going, still learning new things. And, you know, it, you wouldn't think a 54-year-old would have a following on TikTok <laughs> or Instagram, um, but here we are. Well, we might come back to this a bit later on because this is this is, seems to be like a topic that comes up on a lot of our podcasts, which is like you know advice for early career people and you know mm -hmm. skill sets and things. But I do think it's really hard to kind of pick out like what skills in digital are important or in marketing because things are moving so quickly. I don't think yeah. anyone was really talking about AI in a non-crazy way five years ago. And now it is defining so much of the industry, but I think we should, we should take a step back. Let's um, like focus it on you know what people might know you for initially, which is sandwiches of history and related brands, the the kind of Barry verse. So, how do you introduce? I mean, I guess you don't introduce sandwiches of history to people who haven't seen it before. I don't think you go up to people in bars and say, "Have you seen sandwiches of history?" <laughs> yeah, but you, you, if you if know, if you were to do that, how would you introduce what it is? What's the concept for those who haven't seen it? Um, I, I boiled it down to, I make sandwiches from old recipes and then plus them up for the modern palate if they have potential. That's, so, a, that's, a, very um, snap, that's a very snappy way of putting it, definitely. 
Well, I've had a few years to work on it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically um, making uh, sandwiches from old sandwich recipe. There are books dedicated entirely to sandwiches, and then there are recipe books that have sandwich sections. So I make these old sandwiches. Some of them are pretty bare bones. Some of them are awful. Some of them are not bad. And the ones that are not bad, you know, I think, can I add some ingredients that are in, in my fridge or could be in anyone's fridge um, to make them into something that would be interesting and I'd like to make again? I mean, I feel like it fits within a certain niche that I don't know if it has a title, but it kind of seems to be stuff that I wouldn't do, but I'm glad somebody else is doing it because I really like watching it. I don't know. Well, I've, been, I've been told that, it, it, uh, uh, that it's somewhat normcore. Yeah, so. I, that's the phrase, definitely. I, I mean, it's, a, it's I mean, I, I guess... In, in talking about it in this format of audio, it's a bit like um, trying to describe, I don't know, what's the phrase? Oh, there's definitely a famous phrase of like describing the sound of architecture or something. Like using our words in this is, is not going to be particularly useful. It's easier to go and watch. So we do encourage everyone to go and watch the videos and you'll get a grip for it. But yeah, yeah. I think the Normcore thing is not a bad thing. It's, it's a relaxing view. It's not demanding of the viewer. There's humor. There's also... Um, and in inclusivity because like everybody eats and then you've got the curiosity everybody factor eats. as well and i guess sometimes um uh you know you do kind of think well this is a historical book from 1909 or whatever and think well whoever would have thought the person writing that book would be surfaced in this way in you know this format yeah they're, they have they would have would, would have had no way of knowing or even dreaming that that the the recipe book that they put out in 1909 or 1888 or whatever would be used in this manner, um, which is pretty fascinating. Um, but I think another reason why it, it has a following is, as you point out, you know, amidst everyone, everything on social media, yelling or dancing or trying to like get attention, I'm just like, hey, let's make a sandwich. So I've been called the Bob Ross of sandwiches. Who's that guy? That yeah, I mean, that's a good um, good company to be in. Which I love Bob Ross. He's like he's just an amazingly mellow human being. It's awesome. Um, but the other thing is, you know, sandwiches are universal. Uh, every, or I shouldn't say universal. I should say global. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and you can put anything between two slices of bread, and you can do you can change out the bread. You can change it. You can cross uh, cuisines. You can do make it crunchy. You can make it soft. It's, there's so many th different things that you can do with a sandwich, and it's portable. <laughs> like. That's, What's not the love? That's it. It's, it's the ultimate um, um, convenience food, I guess. But then again, I say some of it is not so convenient. It ends up you kind of sorting various arcane things and assembling in various ways. So there is a learning curve, I guess, to some of the stuff that you're doing as well. Yeah, some of the processes are are interesting. Like they, they some recipes will have me put uh, push egg yolks through a sieve, and it's like, okay, yeah, it makes them smoother, but you could just sort of like mash them with a knife and then get the same effect. I don't know why you have to make this mess. Uh, but, you know. But, yeah, it, that's it. This is the, the challenge you set for yourself, I guess. This is the, yeah. this is the gig. Yep. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to um, your starting point, did you have any particular goals for this? Are you surprised by the response that you get? I mean, I guess there's multiple responses. This isn't the norm core response. It's like relaxing viewing. Um, you know, it's, as you say, it's an example of video content where somebody's not asking something of you. Um, yeah. You know, they're not trying to push something, but it's like giving something back, you know, a relaxing view and, you know, a coziness, I guess. Yeah. It, you know, when I first started this, um, I originally started with uh, reviewing potato chips, which I still do on yeah, yeah. chips with berries. Um, 
And then I, I started doing this. My friend of mine sent me the PDF of the up-to-date sandwich book of 1909 and said, this would be fun to do. And I'm like, yes, this would be fun to do. I am going to do it because he's not one to do social media. Um, and so I just started doing it and it didn't really catch, um, but it turned out that I was prob I was not approaching it the right way on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was trying to use their new stories for the video portion and just having a picture on the grid and it didn't really resonate. And then TikTok came along and I took the videos for the stories that I used on Instagram and put them on TikTok and it started to take off like crazy. I'm like, well, maybe I should, you put the videos on Instagram on the wall. And that started to take off and then I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do a sandwich a day, just one video, one post a day. I'm going to post it at noon Pacific time every single day. And I'm just going to be, that's, I'm just going to be reliable, regular. I'm not going to do the five posts a day that everyone's recommending. I'm not going to jump on trends like everyone's recommending. Um, I'm just going to do this. And people showed up. And I am surprised by it, but to be honest. Uh, I didn't think it would gain, garner this much attention or following. For sure. I mean, I, 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 that's something to get onto shortly. But in terms of that consistency, I think mm -hmm. that's something that comes across time and again in various types of um, social marketing, mm -hmm. but also like life. It's not about doing yeah. something well once or even doing it a lot. It's mm -hmm. the consistency so people know what to expect. There's a trust element. And then I guess algorithmically as well, that can sometimes help you. But yeah. speaking of the algorithm, Yes. You know, TikTok is a weird beast, and more so than other platforms, seems to be all about the content rather than the creator, as in you're mm -hmm. producing stuff. And, you know, even if the layout of the, the, the app, the creator name is not prominent. You know, yes. they're not giving you a hub to do your stuff. It's basically you are part of the stream, which can be yep. frustrating, but it can also, you know, have some benefits to discovery if you're a new person. But then again... Yes. How does that shape your expectations? So, you know, you, you might not have had expectations starting out, but now you're you're producing something, you're putting work in it, there is some effort involved. So how do you um, feel about your goals and the platform itself? Well, so the, the reason, I, so I post on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Reddit. And the reason why I took that approach is to mitigate the, the influence of the algorithm on my sanity and happiness, mm. right? Because I knew that, that uh, if I just was on TikTok and I was always trying to get more views on TikTok or try and get more engagement on TikTok, that, that's not really up to me. Like the algorithm is the algorithm is the algorithm. I'm not going to be able to influence that. Um, so I don't, I, I personally don't tie up too much, uh, um, too much of how I feel about the success of something mm -hmm. on whether or not TikTok um, takes off with it. But I mean, like, I just, you know, the guest host with H. John Benjamin, that's, uh, I think that is presently at, and, you know, my average views on videos are, you know, they, they run the gamut, but that one is at 103,000 views. The, the one before it was 27,000. The one before that, 10,000, right? So it, it goes, it depends on what content you're putting up, and there's no real guarantee that you're going to be able to come up with the right content for it. So I try yeah. not to get too hung up on views and likes on TikTok per se. Um, but I do try, I definitely try to engage and respond to comments on TikTok, on all the platforms on a regular basis. Because to me that people are taking the time to not only watch it, but to comment, uh, you know, at least I can do is try and respond. And, you know, sometimes it gets overwhelming, but sometimes, you know, 
Yeah, like, it's it's a tr- it's a tricky one though because I imagine you know this presents some dilemmas because you know um, most of us who are participating in social media we don't really have much obligation to other people beyond basic mm-hmm. politeness and even then a lot of people fail on that. So. How do you feel about being in this position where, you know, you're, I guess, you know, thankful for people's attention, but, you know, it does create some implicit pressure or even just desire on your oh. part to participate and comment back to people? Um, so I feel, I don't really feel pressure. I, I feel like uh, it's it's the right thing to do is to, to, to interact and communicate because these people are, are clearly into the sandwiches and they're into the videos. So, yeah, let's let's have fun. Um, I do feel a responsibility because I have so many parents send videos of their kids imitating the show um, that I feel a responsibility to keep it clean. Yeah. Um, which is not something I set out to do. I didn't set out to make like good, clean, wholesome content. That, that is not, in fact, I don't think I've ever been called wholesome before uh, so, or anywhere near as much as I have since starting Sandwiches of History. But I do feel that obligation that, that like can't really, can't really go blue or do any weird off-color stuff um, because there are kids. There's kids watching, there's families watching, and, you know, they, they, they'll they get that somewhere else. They'll get that at school, not from me. Well, that's it. And I think that's, that's a really interesting aspect of this as well, about deciding who and what you want to be. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, is, it is a weird phenomenon because you're kind of, like... Um, creating a public persona whether you like it or not you know the, the kind of the medium is the message if you know what i mean that kind of stuff there's the yeah, kind of wholesome it, public barry but then obviously that's not the whole human being no exactly and i mean it is me like the, the someone asked me that like i think about a year ago i got interviewed and they were like so is this a persona and it's like well no this is me you can ask anybody who knows me this is me on camera it's not the only yeah. me uh, there's different facets to to who i am but you know, if you meet me in person, it's you're not going to be like, oh wow, that's totally different. Like, it's it's who I am. The, the let's give this a go. That was just me saying, let's give this a go, and now it's stuck. Yeah. Um, but I, I that was not an intentional. I'm going to create a catchphrase, or, or anything like that. But it's just you know. There well, it is. I mean, it is funny though, because like some people would like retrofit a strategy and say, oh yeah, this is my plan all along, and I was going to develop some cut. But I think yeah. it's better to be honest about, you know, this was what I foresaw, this is what I didn't foresee, this is how things are evolving, I don't know what's going to happen in this regard, and so on. And, and I think that that, tie, that ties back nicely to the idea of being curious um, and, and wanting to learn and evolve. Um, for example, when I did In the Chips with Barry, I first started, I, it was my first review was on YouTube, and it's like a two-minute me rambling in a room, the sound is terrible. Uh, I eventually went on Instagram because I was having a little bit more uh, engagement there. But the, at the time, they didn't have stories. And the, uh, if you were going to post a video to the wall, it had to be 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I started doing 60-second reviews, but they were very rushed and not very good. Then I realized if I cut out all the gaps and the ands and the uhs and the ums and all that and put it together, I could get it down to 60 seconds, and it was funny. And mm-hmm. it actually started to take off. So it's like, you know, the idea for me is not to be precious about what I'm doing, but just be actively trying to pay attention and learn and evolve. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of always think that you can re- relate that to so many other aspects of what we talk about on this podcast, like marketing, about you know iteration, editing, taking an honest view of like your own performance, but then also not yep. being drawn into doing something that's insincere or following right. the crowd. You know, it's, it's that kind of compromise between 
doing what is effective, but also not like diluting what you're all about, what your core identity yeah, I, is. Yeah, one of the, the key things that I learned about, at Netflix was uh, about brand and the concept of brand. And the idea of uh, at Netflix, our approach to brand was, who do we need to be in order to have customers relate to us uh, um, and, and pay us money, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did consumer research to find out what they needed us to be, what role were we going to fill in their lives. And so we eventually landed on the brand position of movie enjoyment made easy because we were, this is before Netflix was uh, doing original content. We just had DVDs sure. and then eventually streaming, but it was other people's content. So we couldn't even lean on that because we didn't have the rights to use that for marketing. So it was like, what do you need to be? And we needed to be movie enjoyment made easy because at the time, uh, renting from Blockbuster or other video store was painful. You had to get in your car, you had to drive down, you had to go settle for your third choice of movie because every, all the other ones were out. Uh, then you had to watch it and get it back in time before having to pay a late fee. So if we could just make movie enjoyment easy and we could actually deliver that and how we communicated, how we, how, how we uh, provided the service, how our website functioned, we would be we would come out on top and we did. Um, and so for me, that's that I, that's that's the key is to kind of understand more of who you need to be as a brand, not just personally, but even companies, um, so that you know whether or not jumping on that trend is going to be something that actually works for the brand that you've got that you need to be, than just jumping on that trend to be like light that fire and oh, there you go, then it burns out. Well, yeah, it's like short-term versus long-term thinking, and I guess also the integrity of the brand, like uh, which is, I guess, in some ways, an old-fashioned concept. Sometimes you sometimes see brands who are doing all sorts of different things, and you really have no idea what the substance is. Um, right. But you know, it's it's a, again the consistency point you mentioned. Like, do the right thing often enough, and that's what you'll be known for. Then you can right. shout about it, amplify it through advertising, all the rest of it. But. Is there any um, other ways your professional life has informed how you've grown your TikTok presence, or hasn't it? Are there, are there things that, you know, are completely separate? Well, I, I would say that inadvertently, uh, the, my my what I've learned about brand has seeped into what I do. Um, I did not set out to do that, but I, and when I look back on it, kind of now over the last couple of years, there are the elements of consistency. There's elements of uh, uh, brand, things that people realizing what people are connecting with and, and hitting on those as well uh, that I'm, I'm doing, but I did not. They were more subconscious than than planned. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, has anything surprised you about how I guess TikTok as a platform is operated? I mean, it sounds like you're quite zen about it. Um, what about um, how TikTok- aud- audience response as well? Anything surprises you there? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, again, I'm surprised that I that a, a, a channel that creates sandwiches from old recipes and then adds re- things to them and just it's me in my kitchen mm-hmm. doing this stuff. It's not a big set. I don't have a light ring. I don't have like crazy. I did improve the audio. That's one thing I, I learned. That my friend, a friend of mine, uh, Bill McMullen, told me once. He's like, "Man, people will forgive the worst video you mm-hmm. can imagine if you have great audio." <laughs> so I did buy a wireless lav mic that I uh, have under my shirt uh, for great for audio recording. But it's just it's just um, simple, and I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that kind of makes a certain amount of sense, really, in terms of you know keeping that consistency and um, yeah. you know investing in what you think will improve the experience for the the kind of audience. But if um, for I means like for me, like 
I would feel a tremendous burden to keep the kitchen clean. <laughs> like, I think that would be one of the major well, barriers for me. I mean, we should keep it clean anyway. That's, uh, that's true. <laughs> so and if anything, that's that's actually a good thing because it's incentivized uh, incentivized me to make sure that the kitchen is clean. But even, even then, you're like, if you look in the background, there's bowls stacked up on top of our toaster oven. It's not immaculate. Um, that's another thing I don't want to try and do is present this perfect... Uh, environment. I'm just, again, I'm just a guy in a kitchen making sandwiches and that kitchen is going to look like that kitchen is going to look, it is going to be clean. It's not yep. going to be filthy, but <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it's going to be cluttered. There's going to be stuff on the counter. Things are going to move around. Well, I mean, I guess that's also into the kind of sincerity aspect that we talked about as well. Um, yeah. is that something you think is going to cut across? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about like high-performing content, because that, that kind of seems to take the fun out of it a little bit. But in terms of, yes. you know, creators and videos that get traction, yeah. is it um, is, is sincerity the biggest part? Um, or I guess there's other aspects to it as well, you know, diff different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, one thing I don't do is, or I try not to do is uh, look at something, see that it was successful, and try to replicate it. Right. I don't like, oh, OK, that works. So I'm going to do that again. Um, it's sort of like I'm doing things that are fun for me that mm -hmm. I enjoy. Um, and if it if, if people engage with it and they're entertained by it, great. If the algorithm decides it doesn't want to show it to people, I don't have any control over that. So there you go. Um, but I don't I tend not to jump on trends. Uh, I do once in a while if it's related to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not related, I don't. Or, or if it's or it's something that can tie into um, my experience, like there was a trend on TikTok where there's this wistful music in the background, and then you're um, put on a boat that's right. sailing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, re I recall. Yeah, so I did that trend, but it was me looking for my TikTok followers that because the algorithm wasn't showing it to. So it's that kind of stuff. So it's related to what I'm doing, but it's not like I'm not trying to shoehorn that into sandwiches. Yeah, but you do have the leeway with your audience. It seems to deviate a bit from the day to day, you know. They and and they will. For some for some creators, it might seem like inside baseball to be talking about the algorithm and stuff. But I think yeah. your followers are empathetic. They get it, and also yeah. will comment saying, "I've not seen your video in a while. What's the deal? I didn't realize." And I think that's where you know platforms like TikTok need to be a little bit careful because. You know the idea that we'll show you what we want, not what you want, is a yes. is not a particularly yeah. customer centric one. No, but then their I mean their biggest drive is to get that into uh, get TikTok to be a sales platform. Sure, they want they just want to they want to make it a, a, a billion dollar sales generation tool. Um, so they're not really worried about creators too much. They're mm -hmm. not really worried about audience too much they just want to make sure that you're still on the platform you're still engaged you're doing stuff yeah they're gonna do they're, they're gonna send you whatever they think they that that'll make that happen regardless of whether you followed someone or not sure and like, well, what, what are your thoughts on that about brand partnerships and paid participation that type of thing i've done that i've done one uh with duke's mayonnaise mm -hmm. um and you know i i like the idea when it's a natural fit and it's something that i already use but you know, you'll never see me in a show doing a, a, a collaboration with Chanel Number no. Five because that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to me. Um, but like, I did a, a pizza oven giveaway, um, and you know that 
What does pizza oven have to do with sandwiches? Nothing, but it does have a lot to do with food. So folks who follow a sandwich account are likely going to like pizza because, yep. again, that's another universal food, right? So uh, I was able to just, you know, I, I picked a recipe that had to be baked in an oven for like an hour and a half, a sandwich recipe that had to be baked for an hour and a half. Wow. And I said, oh, we got some time. Why don't we do a giveaway? And so I could, I could blend it in there. But yeah. pay partnerships, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into doing those if they make sense. Um, but I'm also very much opposed to doing them just to do them. Yeah, I think it's one of these things where, you know, if there is a complementary aspect to it where it adds to the experience. But I also do think certain creators do have enough leeway with their audience where they can do it, where people yeah. do want to support. Um there's a creator on TikTok whose name I literally can't remember, which is very unfortunate. But it's an English lady who specializes in, in kind of cleaning advice and things like this. And she mm. had some very bad health news. Um, and, you know, she's, I think, doing a few more paid placements around products she already uses about kind of, you know, brands of bleach and cleaning stuff. And I don't think anybody is, like, complaining about that whatsoever, A, because yeah. it's a, a relevance, but B, because they get it. They, they, they really yeah. understand that there's a bit of a quid pro quo. So I think in that way, oh, sometimes yeah. audiences are less um, fussy than sometimes brands think. Yeah, it's funny. Once in a while, I'll get someone commenting like they, they're like, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And I, I would just respond back, OK, I'll refund your money. And they get it. Like yeah. most people get it. They're like, you know what? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> some don't. Some some yeah. some are obstinate and they they they're they're cantankerous and they just you can go watch something else. It's spend time enjoying what you like. Don't spend time grousing on my videos because I don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> that's that's fine. You, I'm not gonna. Not everybody's gonna like everything I do. That's I can't I can't control that. But you know, if you're gonna spend time doing stuff, do stuff you like. That's it. Don't revel in something you don't like. That's um, no. yeah. That's good life advice in general as well, I suppose. Right, exactly. Um, so we've talked about how TikTok might differ from other platforms in terms of the algorithm and stuff like that. Um, in terms of what platforms could do to keep creators motivated, you know, assuming that they care. Um, is, is there something yeah. that they could do that would like make your experience better that you think that they should do for, I mean, for the benefit of users? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, out of all the platforms, I think my favorite is Instagram. Um, and I think Instagram has made it very easy to collaborate with other creators, to collaborate with brands, um, to communicate with pe folks that uh, follow not just through comments, but through DMs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It, just, it feels like it's made for, it, it, it's set up more for uh, community-based um, posting in, in that sort of environment, as opposed to like YouTube very very much feels like I upload a video, people comment, I go talk, I go, I have to go back to the website, comment. That's fine. But Instagram, you know, like I can, I can, Ping another, I can DM in a collaborator right there. I, they, we can talk, we can shoot back and forth uh, ideas, film it, put it together. When I post it, I can tag them uh, in the post, then they can share it with their their audience. So it just feels like it's a, a, a better, for me, a, a better setup. And I don't know if that was the question. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I think it does feel a bit more collegial as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I think of like Twitter slash, slash X which is just basically like a massive argument farm designed yes. to 
pit people against one another. Like I, I will dip into it for work reasons and just sometimes for news reasons because I can get a few different perspectives. But I'm aware that I am dipping my toe in very toxic water and I just step yes. out pretty quick because mm-hmm. I'm not like immune to kind of uh, no. snapping at people. So I try and... We're all human. We're all human. So we all have that instinct to be like, oh, wait a second. No, hang on. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, I'm not even on Twitter anymore. I just I just left it because I don't want to, I don't want to even be tempted to spend time arguing with someone. Well, that's it. And it's, sometimes I think like... If, if an external observer was like viewing my activity like in in real life what would they see they would see me on the couch like on a phone but to that observer i'm actually doing nothing and i really am doing nothing if, if that is what i'm doing you know yeah. so it's, it's yeah. kind of worth thinking you know is it is it important but then again yeah. you know also they do say if you want to get an answer to a question the best thing to do is go on twitter and give the wrong answer and then somebody will correct <laughs> you pretty quick with the right answer so you know, maybe but it has the only problem with that, I love that, but the, the only problem with that is you'll get an answer, you'll get corrected on anything you put on Twitter, even if you're right. <laughs> even That's if you've it. got evidence and proof and facts and science, there will be someone out there who says, uh-uh, and here's why. So, well, yeah. we, we are in the kind of the, the kind of fake news era, I guess. I think that, that's definitely yes. taken hold. Just to let your own, well, you say you can't have your own facts. You can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. But yeah, that seems that's to be now... That seems to have uh, moved beyond. So, uh, I mean, coming back to like more positive themes, what kind of content do you personally enjoy the most? Be it on Instagram or TikTok or so on, or even off, not even social media elsewhere. Like, what kind of content do you think resonates most well, with you? Well, comedy clearly. <laughs> I, I, I love comedies, but um, I also like hearing about. Um, I particularly love this podcast song exploder, mm-hmm. um, where you hear the behind the scenes making of a particular song or, uh, there's a guy and I can't remember his name, but he, he's on TikTok, Um, and he, he talks about how, about bands or albums and the way he presents it is like how this one failed musician became a megastar. And he goes through and he doesn't give away names or anything like that until the very end. So you're like, who is this? Or he'll put up a picture three quarters of the way through and you're like, oh, oh, it's uh, that person. But I love that kind of like getting, getting the inside baseball, if you will, on how something that I loved, like a song, uh, came to be. Because, it, you know, I hear a song, it's fully formed. I have no idea what went into making that song or how that song, uh, that process went. Um, so I love that. I love cooking videos. I love to learn how to cook new things, uh, for sure. Um, and I love music. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the example you gave there of like the musical kind of breakdown and with the reveal at the end, I imagine, yeah. I, I strongly suspect that that's similar to yourself in that that person didn't come up with that idea and format straight away and nailed it they had to probably iterate and then you get your big finish you you know how to you know get the right duration so it doesn't drag and you lose interest halfway through not too short when it's like well no big wow you know iteration seems to be the name of the game when we're talking about a lot of this stuff yeah but i mean and ultimately you you have to enjoy on a personal level you have to enjoy what you're doing because um, if you're just trying to make it big or, or just trying to game the system or just try to get as many followers, or, you know, if that's your goal, your number one goal, you're going to burn out. Uh, you do have to iterate, but, it, you know, iterating just to try and get 
you know, hi, we're going to, I'm going to try and get a hundred thousand followers. It's like, okay, but it, it, what happens if you don't hit that in your timeline, whatever, you know, you're going to be completely burned out because you're doing stuff that you don't really like or care about to meet this objective. So from a personal standpoint, I, I, I recommend, because I guarantee you the guy who does that, that behind the scenes build up and then reveal absolutely loves music, absolutely loves storytelling yeah. um, and is passionate about what he's doing. Even if he is iterating to try and make it into something that's, that, that more people will watch and get, get into, um, he's doing it from a, a viewpoint of a, of a fan. Well, I mean, it'd be a real drag. Otherwise, it'd be it'd be, a, it'd be it would become a burden because you got to think right. what is what is the next step? Like, oh, great, you've now got your two hundred thousand followers. Now you've got yeah. to keep this up, and you don't even enjoy it. Yeah, and, exactly. And if you want to try and then change it, well, guess what? Those two hundred thousand people are going to get lost. So exactly. I think that's a good lesson for individuals, but also brands mm-hmm. as well. Like, why are you doing the thing? And like, yeah. what's what's the implication? Why are you doing it? Yes. Um, not just we're going to do stuff because we need to do some stuff. It's like, what, what's yes. the goal? And be prepared yes. to fail and iterate and all that kind of stuff. Yep, um, absolutely. So we've been talking about all aspects of TikTok, Instagram, the creative process, um, all manner of things. It seems to have a lot of crossover with what we usually talk about on this podcast about marketing and planning and all that kind of stuff. One mm. question that we like to end on, or, or a variation of at least, is based upon your experience and your career and everything else, like what would you advise people who want to, like say, build a team or hire for, um, you know, it could be social media talent, it could be marketing talent more generally. What kind of traits do you think people should be looking for and what kind of um, skills and things like that should people try and develop if they're an early career professional? Um. Wow, that's uh, that's an easy question to end on. Easy one. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, again, I, I would beat the drum of be curious and learn as much as you can about whatever interests you. Because if you, let's say you, you decide, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can about SEO, but you don't like SEO, guess what's going to happen? You're going to burn out. You're not going to do well in, uh, in SEO. Or you're going to do well and you're going to hate it and you're going to try to find something else. Um but you just try to, for me, it's, it's learn. Like I had to teach myself uh, Photoshop and Illustrator uh, when I first started out. Um, so I would stay up all night doing that because I was really into it. And then eventually I had to learn other things and then went to Netflix and started learning about brand and marketing. I'm like, wow, I, this is fascinating. I need to learn more about this. So just being uh, uh, open and, and curious about uh, what you find interesting uh, would really be the the best advice I could give, as opposed to learn this, then learn this. Um, if you're in marketing, if you're going to go into marketing, I still believe that the uh, the, the tenets of understanding brand positioning um, and what brand is, or you know, what the idea of brand is, um, is important because I think that can even though we're in this crazy fractured media environment. Um, Understanding, again, who you need to be as a brand or the, who the company needs to be as a brand to, the, to attract the right audience um, is paramount. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's great advice, you know, having that fluidity around um, 
you know, focusing on what you enjoy and that being curious, but then also having a bit of grounding in some of the fundamentals of what all this stuff is about. I think that's a, a good point to end on. So, Barry, we've talked about a million different things, a uh, million different um, aspects of TikTok and other channels. We've talked about the nature of sandwiches of history, which is something I personally enjoy very much, which is why I reached out. And yeah, I just can't say uh, thank you enough for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun chatting with you, Martin. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yep. Cheers. Wow.